On today's What If Wednesday, what if the New Orleans Pelicans trade for James Harden? What a deal would look like and how would it play out on the court? Plus, we got another one on Trey Murphy. It's Wednesday's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans at NBA. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this Wednesday, and we are playing What If Wednesday here, deep into the off season, And we got two for you in today's episode. We're going to look at James Harden coming to the Big easy playing for the New Orleans Pelicans, what a trade looks like and what the on-court stuff would look like as well. Then we'll touch on Trey Murphy the third in the third segment of today's show. And of course, thank you for making Lockdown Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday, Wednesday, Thursday live show at 7 p.m. Central. And we'll be back to five days a week for y'all very soon. If you want to support the channel, become an everyday or listen every single day that there is a show out there. Or if you just want to support it by listening one more day than what you already do, that's cool too. I appreciate you making Lockdown Pelicans and myself part of your day. For your second listen today, go check out the Locked On Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Ross Jackson got you covered. Everything black and gold. He was out there in Los Angeles for that crazy kind of preseason game that they just had. So let's get into the makings of a James Harden deal. And if you've been paying attention to everything going on around the NBA right now, that whole situation has turned toxic very quickly. And it's gotten to the point where, you know, James Harden is publicly doing all taking shots, y'all, at Daryl Morey, the president GM of the Philadelphia 76ers, outright calling him a liar, saying he never will play for a team where Daryl Morey runs it, all of that. This is what less than a year, one and a half years, whatever it is, of requesting a trade to the Philadelphia 76ers. And it seems like it goes back on Daryl Morey going back on a promise to James Harden to give him a new deal, a new extension, and that didn't end up happening. So Harden opted into his contract this year. It was a player option with the sense, it sounds like, that Maury would trade him, and that hasn't happened because, look, Philly is a title contender. They want to win right now. You have Joel Embiid, who's the MVP, and if you trade Harden or let him just go for nothing, and look, he's got one year left on his deal. There's some questions about his attitude. They're not getting the right kind of offers, similar to you know the Damian Lillard situation right now, where teams aren't giving their best offers for Damian Lillard because he's like, I don't want to play for those teams. Harden actually doesn't have years left on his contract. He easily could be a rental, though I don't think that's actually going to end up being that way. So teams aren't coming up with good offers, so the Philadelphia 76ers are just keeping him for right now. But say the Pelicans get into the mix. What does a trade look like? And I think if you look at this, there's a couple of ways to get a deal done. You could, in theory, and we'll keep this kind of simplified here, do a trade that is centered around, say, James Harden coming to New Orleans. You send 
the Pelicans send CJ McCollum, Dyson Daniels, and maybe another player, maybe like EJ Liddell, and a couple of picks over to the Philadelphia 76ers. For us talking about this, a lot of the specifics with it don't matter. It's essentially think Harden for CJ and a young player that is not Trey Murphy or Herb Jones. So like likely Dyson Daniels that they wanted, Jordan Hawkins, you could send him as well. That's the essence of the deal. The picks and everything else kind of work. We can work it out and that's not a big deal. You know, it gives the Philadelphia 76ers a player that can help them right now. You know, CJ McCollum certainly isn't on the level of James Harden, but he's a useful guy that can play off of Joel Embiid. You could also maybe turn this into a three team deal where you send CJ McCollum to the Bulls, DeMar DeRozan to Philly, and then James Harden to New Orleans. There's ways to kind of go about it with that as well. But it sense it just gets Harden to New Orleans. You know, there's reasons to do it. Harden is one of the more talented when he wants to be playmakers in the league. And we've seen this team needs more shot creation, more playmaking, unless they're really going to empower Brandon Ingram to do it this year. And so you get Harden being able to do that. And Harden is a very good three-point shooter, so he can help space the court for the Pels. He shot 38.5%, 39% on over seven attempts per game last season, 21 points per game, 10.7 assists for him. Look, he's not the MVP James Harden that we had seen, but he is still a very good player when he needs to be or wants to be, too. We saw him put up multiple 40-point games in the postseason, as they took a big lead over the Boston Celtics. There's still some left in the tank for him, even at age 33, 34 right now. He'll be 30, he'll be 34 in like four days. Give happy early birthday, James Harden. So that's the reason to do it. He's still a good player, shoots the three ball well, can play make, can create space and other things for Zion Williamson. Draws fouls too, gets to the line, gets this team into the bonus. And I think that is something that could be exceptionally useful as well. There's also reasons not to do it. Does James Harden even want to play here? And if he doesn't, this is a one-year rental, and that is a huge risk for the New Orleans Pelicans. The type of thing that if it backfires, just essentially kicks off a rebuild because you don't replace a player like that because you don't have cap space. So you could trade for him if he bolts in a year. That's a big worry. Here's the thing, though. With that, I don't know if that's as big of a worry as it could be. Is, is there a huge market for James Harden? Cap space, as you've heard me say on the show many times, doesn't exist. T stars, free agency, where star players change teams in free agency is not a thing anymore. We're in the extend and trade, side and trade era of star player movement, not through free agency to teams with cap space. Look at a guy like Christian Wood, not even remotely on James Harden's level, but no one has the money to pay him what he's worth. And so he's out there unsigned. How much would Harden get? The mid-level exception? You know, would a team spend 25, 30, $40 million in cap space on him? Teams don't really have that. And are they going to spend it on a 34, 35-year-old James Harden who, when he doesn't like the situation, kind of goes nuclear like he is right now? I don't know if that's something that teams are going to really go at, like just, you know, crave in free agency. So it gives the Pelicans, should they trade for maybe a little bit of leverage there. Okay, go test free agency. See how that's going to go for you. I don't think it would go well. So there's less risk of it, I think, 
than on the looking at it on the surface, but it's still a risk. And I don't think that the Pelicans would do it because of that, you know, and then there's just also Harden. If he just decides he doesn't want to, you know, do this, like he's a mess, y'all. He's a mess. Comes in out of shape, doesn't really try hard, just looks like he's just not involved in anything. You know, for a young team that's trying to kind of set correct habits, we haven't traded away Zion Williamson in this hypothetical situation. You need James Harden set an example for Zion? No, no, you don't. And so that would scare me, and I think it would scare the Pelicans too. So I don't think they're going to ultimately end up really entertaining this whatsoever. But let's say they do. Let's say they do. Hypothetical trade goes through. CJ and Dyson out. James Harden comes in. What's it look like on the court? Other question. Does James Harden even start? Let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Ibotta. Look, if you're picking up burgers and hot dogs for a summer barbecue, you're already doing it. So Ibotta is going to get you cash back for the things that you're already doing. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. You can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $120 a year that could cover the entire cost of a shopping trip. You could use that to buy the flight you've been looking for, that dinner you've been dying to go to, or I don't know, maybe a Pelicans game. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much, but Ibotta gives you real cash back that you can cash out to your bank account, put it through PayPal or even on gift cards, and you can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers too when you start with Ibotta, and that's including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. So right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta when you use the promo code LOCKED when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play, download the free Ibotta app, Ibotta like on the Pelicans jersey patch, and use code LOCKED. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A, in the Google Play or App Store, and use code LOCKED. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are the number one Pelicans podcast coming to you with the topics that you want to hear about. We're doing What If Wednesday here. What if the Pelicans trade for James Harden? We got What If Trey Murphy takes a big leap. That's coming up in the next segment after this one. For your second listen, go check out the Locked On Saints podcast. All right, Derek Carr, I'm starting to buy into more and more with what everyone keeps saying about him. Does that mean they're going to make a run to the Super Bowl for the black and gold? Ross Jackson breaking it down exclusively part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So James Harden, he's in New Orleans now. Cool. We did the trade. They did the thing. CJ McCollum is out. Some of you are happy. Some of you are probably not. But the trade is done. And now you're taking a big risk with James Harden for the reasons we laid out in the last segment. Okay, how do you make this work? It's a great question, right? I do think you start James Harden. I do think you start James Harden and you run a starting lineup of, and there's still a big question mark in this, James Harden, Brandon Ingram. Let's go with Herb Jones, but it's Herb Jones or Trey Murphy, as we know. Then Zion Williamson, then Jonas Valanciunas. There is a lot of, there's more shooting there. I trust James Harden three-point shot more so than C.J. McCollum's three-point shot after last season right now. I trust his ability to just go and be a scorer when things stagnate a little bit. And 
end. He can run the pick and roll. You can use him and Zion together, him and Jonas Valanciunas together to get JV involved. The offense will be new too under James Borrego. They run some actions, I'm expecting, from the big man too and kind of the high post with a lot of dribble handoffs and other things. I think this team could lead the league in free throw attempts. James Harden doing what he does best, spacing the court, but knowing when to attack and taking advantage of not being double or triple teamed at times because you have so many other threats out there in Zion, in Brandon Ingram. But there is also the idea that, you know, he could come off the bench, like in in a six-man-of-the-year kind of role. Star players like Harden don't like this. You know, they don't care that, you know, he would he would certainly close games, but they don't care. They want to be starters. So this is a long shot and this is a stretch and not something that would likely happen. Let's be upfront with that. But think about it. You know, you pull him in towards the end of the first quarter. You start with, oh, I don't know who your starting guard then is. Say Jose Alvarado, Brandon Ingram, Herb Jones. Or no, you probably do a starting lineup of like Brandon Ingram, Herb Jones, Trey Murphy, Zion Williamson, Jonas Valanciunas. That's probably what you would end up doing, I think. And just go, Herb, you're going to be the point guard. B.I., you're going to be the point guard. Zion, you're the point guard, right? And just kind of do your thing. There's a lack of shooting-ish in that lineup, but you also get Trey Murphy out there too and kind of solve some of the problem. And then you bring Harden off the bench. So say towards the end of the first quarter, you sub Herb Jones out and you sub in James Harden. And now your lineup is James Harden, Brandon Ingram, Trey Murphy, Zion Williamson, Jonas Valanciunas. How many points does that lineup score? How good is that lineup in terms of offense? I think it's pretty insane. And you blitz teams to end the first quarter with that. Quarter break hits. You take Zion out, B.I. out, and you let James Harden go be James Harden, former MVP of the league. And I think you could run your rotation that way. So you get those moments where they're out there killing it. And then, you know, with the starters, and then James Harden can do his thing and kind of just be like, your time to shine, buddy, which is, you know, something that he likes. It's a kind of incredible idea, I think. You could use him in a variety of different ways. This is also just assuming things are okay. Everything's good in the locker room. He's probably making some sort of commitment to you long-term of like, yeah, I'll stay here for a couple more years. I'll make sure I resign and not try and bolt to the Los Angeles Clippers, which is the team that he does want to go towards. But again, I don't think there's going to be cap space to sign him with all of that. And I'm curious what you think. And let me know in the comments down below on YouTube Would you put James Harden in the starting lineup? Would you put him coming off of the bench? But this kind of, if you're bringing him off the bench, right? The the real question that people have been asking, like the number one question outside of like trades in terms of on-court stuff is, do you start Herb Jones or do you start Trey Murphy? Well, if you're bringing Harden off the bench, and again, this is a big stretch, solves that problem. Problem, problem solved then, isn't it? And I think that's, a great way to do it. And then you get to put Harden out there with like, I don't know, the super lineup, whatever you want to call that. If there's a way, you know, could you even do it where it's like Harden, Herb, B.I., Trey, Zion, super small Zion at the five lineup? Maybe there's enough offense that teams won't be able to stop you. You know, one of the worries here is Harden is not good defensively, not good defensively at all. Doesn't really try on the defensive side of the ball. But we've seen that the Pelican, you know, CJ's not a good defender either. 
and they still had a top defense last season, six bets. So if they're capable of having that sort of defense with CJ McCollum, who's not good on that side of the ball, you can probably get it done with James Harden, though I agree because you're already saying it, and I know, I hear you, even though I'm in this room by myself, that CJ at least, sorry, tries on defense, whereas James Harden does not. Trying is kind of important when it comes to that sort of thing. But I don't know. I think you do anything there. The idea of bringing him off the bench is super intriguing to me because it gives you all of those other lineup combinations that you can run. I love the idea of at the end of the first quarter, Harden comes in, save for Herb Jones, and you just go for a couple of minutes and really push things and then give your other starters the rest and let Harden kind of carry teams. Bench units aren't going to be able to do anything to like slow him down. Not at all. I think it could work. Let me know. Do you want to see him say they trade for him? Do you want to see him starting or coming off of the bench? So coming up next, we're going to switch gears to a different what if. This one comes from a listener, a Twitter follower as well. What if Trey Murphy makes a big leap? That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday. We have the live shows Thursday at 7 p.m. Central. I'll see y'all tomorrow where I answer your questions live in the moment on YouTube. Chatting with y'all. It's going to be a lot of fun. I got some topics I want to get into. I want your feedback on a couple of other things as well. So we're going to have some fun in the live show. Hope to see you there. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. We are the number one Pelicans podcast part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. So let's switch gears. We talked James Harden. It's a long shot, right? Like that's not really ever going to happen. It's cool to talk about here for a show though, especially deep in the off season when I'll take all the help I can get at times. But I want to switch to a question. This one comes from Doug Daspit, DC Daspit, D-A-S-P-I-T on Twitter. And he says, what if Trey Murphy makes a leap that puts him on par with Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram? So a couple of things with this one, man, you didn't even, you didn't even go just takes a leap and is like most improved player in the league. This is gets to all-star level, borderline all NBA level, but okay, let's honor the question here. There's two, there's a couple of ways this goes, but I think there's really one path that it could follow, follow down and it'll then be all encompassing. If Trey Murphy III becomes good enough to be an all-star this year, one, he's averaging 22, 23 points per game, and he's doing it on incredible three-point shooting, like 10-plus attempts and above 40%, let's say. Something like that. Just doing ridiculous things, and he's gotten better defensively, too, and he's rebounding at a pretty high level. Okay. If that's the case, the Pelicans are going to pay the luxury tax first and foremost. This team is then very good if you get that type of play out of Trey Murphy this year that you probably jump up to title contender status because you still have CJ McCollum on this too. Your big three now is Zion, Brandon Ingram, and Trey with CJ as your fourth guy. That's a title contending team. That's a title contending team with the amount of offense that you're going to have. It's not inconceivable. Trey's going to get a lot of open shots when he plays with Zion and he is knocking those things down. He's maybe getting taller. He's certainly getting stronger and growing his game. So you pay the luxury tax this year. You probably pay it next year too and really go all in. You make another move. It's not going to be like a James Harden-esque move, but you're going to make up another play for another really like 
high-end rotation guy, even if they're not a starter, a sixth, seventh man that pushes you deeper into the luxury tax, and I think they would pay it. And you've got to win your title that year. Because at that point, you're into the luxury tax two years in a row, and I don't know if that's something that the Pelicans can stomach for three years, three straight years, let alone. That's probably not going to happen. But if Trey has taken that leap, now let's say he's playing at an all-star level for two years, right? You'd easily move off of whoever you need to move off of. CJ, you know, does Brandon Ingram, and I don't think he would be, become, you know, expendable at that point in time. And then you roll with Trey, right? Like he's extension eligible after this season. He's going to get the absolute bag. He's going to get as much money as he possibly can. He will get the max amount that they are allowed to give him. I don't think it's going to be like much of a negotiation at all with anything. So they're going to throw all the money, all the money at him, like all of the money at him. So, that's, I think, what would happen. You get a really good two years with like one year of this team absolutely going for it. Absolutely going for it. The flip side of this could be if they want to be cheap. And this is where like this sucks, right? Like this is where this, this type of conversation is not nearly as fun as what we thought it could be with everything. You know, they could go cheap. Oh, hey, Trey Murphy's playing at an all-star level this year. All right, whatever. We'll pay the tax this year. And then you look to dump CJ McCollum the immediate next year and not really go for it the year after this coming season. So it's 23-24 this year. So 24-25, they try and play it cheap and dump CJ McCollum. You know... I don't know if you can get something great for CJ McCollum if you're just trying to dump his salary. So you really might be looking at a situation where they cheap out. Oh, well, we got the cheap, cheap enough replacement in Trey. He's not making as much as CJ McCollum is, and he's better now. So we're going to go this direction with it. I don't love that thinking. It could happen, though. You know, conceivably, if you dump him, then you could still remain competitive but I'd rather do it when if you have CJ McCollum than if you don't, right? Like that's kind of as simple as it like truly, truly gets. So that's something I think we need to keep in mind is ownership at times makes me a little bit nervous around this team. But if trade takes that leap, you're a title contender this year, you're a title contender next year, to, you know, very easily. You don't need to make the trade for Damian Lillard or one of those other guys. You can make just smart moves that tweak your team. That's when you trade Jonas Valanciunas for a guy like Jared Allen and you run, you know, at that point, Trey would probably need to be a starter. So you have a starting lineup then of CJ, BI, Trey, Zion, and Jared Allen. And Trey is like another level of Trey than he is now. Not even like a step forward, Trey, like a huge giant leap multiple steps forward, Trey, because if he's on the level of Zion B.I., those are two all-stars. Zion would get all NBA votes, does get all NBA, well, doesn't really get all NBA votes, but would if he were healthy. He could be the MVP of the league. Brandon Ingram, if he has like a really amazing season, really amazing season, would at least get votes for all NBA, but probably is never going to make an all NBA team. So, and that's just more due to like some of the wing players out there, like where does, you know, B.I. really fit when it comes to that, like, who are you going to drop? 
So trade taking that leap forward does so much for the team and also can help them with the financial flexibility that they have struggled with, let's say. I don't think he's going to take that kind of leap this season. I think he's going to be really, really good, but I don't think it's going to be that kind of leap, but that would be awesome. Let's all hope for that because he's going to be draining threes and we're going to be going nuts in the Smoothie King Center. Let me know. What do you think happens if Trey takes that leap forward? If they trade for James Harden, you bringing him off the bench, you starting him, let me know in the comments down below on YouTube. And that's going to do it for Lockdown Pelicans, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. The number one Pelicans podcast become an everydayer by listening daily. And of course, don't forget the live shows Thursday at 7 p.m. Central. I love those shows because I love interacting with y'all and that's what we are going to do. Your questions answered in the moment. Trades, jerseys, other things. It's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to see you there Thursday at 7 p.m. Central. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with y'all for the live show on Thursday, 7 p.m. Central on YouTube.